Nobody knows anyone else, ever. You will never, ever know me. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Underrated Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about movies that we think are underrated or underappreciated or ones that have just slipped under the radar and passed most people by. Uh, I am Derek McDuff, one of your co-hosts, and with me as always are Ariel Ortiz and Alan Torres. Hello. Hey, what's up everybody? And this week we have a special guest from the Can I Say Something podcast. Joining us is Damien. What's up, guys? How are we doing? Doing well. Thanks for thanks for joining us, man. No problem. Happy it, man. To be here. No problem. So, uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> so this week we um, are going to be talking about a the pick, uh, the rules of attraction, which was our guest pick. Um, this is a 2002 um, kind of black comedy drama film directed by Roger Avery, based on the Brett Easton Ellis novel. Um, who is most famous for writing American Psycho. Um, and this is kind of, you know, a uh, film that it plays, it's, you know, it's not a, it's not set in the same universe, but it is, you know, you do see some crossover of some familiar relations, um, a.k.a., uh, you know, the uh, uh, the Bateman brothers. Uh, it stars James Vanderbeek, Shannon Saucerman, and uh, Ian uh, Summerholder. Um, but yeah, this was kind of at the time... Uh, not really, uh, you know, pretty, not not very respected by the critics, I'll say. Um, yeah. It, I think, it, let me see, yeah, 43% on Rotten Tomatoes. But over the years, it's kind of become a little bit of a cult classic, um, you know, with kind of people reevaluating it. Um, I saw a list by, I want to say it was Empire. Um, it was, I think, 60-something movies that you should, that you have, the best movies you haven't seen yet, um, that also included... The likes of Perfect Blue and um, oh shit, what was the the space movie with the Believe Bro? What's what, oh my god, I'm spacing on it. Uh, Attack the Block. Attack the Block. Thank you. Yeah, Attack the Block and Perfect Blue were also on this list, so it's um kind of among those other movies that we've covered a lot of, and then a lot of other movies that I really like are on that list, like Blue Valentine. Um, but I figure to start us off, since you are the one who suggested this movie to us, Damien, why don't you tell us a little bit about your pick here? Oh boy. So, <laughs> just getting into it. Um, this is an early 2000s film starring, you know, some teen stars from the WB. You got Jessica Beale from Seventh Heaven, James Vanderbeek from Dawson's Creek. Uh, you got a cameo from Jay Baruchel. Um, I haven't seen this before we started recording. I was like, I haven't seen this in a long time. So, I don't know if, if a lot of this stuff holds up in 2021. And the first, like, five to ten minutes is not great. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I was saying before we started, uh, like, I start the movie and I'm like, oh, man, what are you having us watch here, dude? But <laughs> it, it quickly, you know, uh, moves moves past all of that that weird stuff of, like, you know, the the, the supposed gang rape of you know, Jessica Biel and, uh, you know, Shannon Sossman getting puked on while being recorded, while having sex. That That's not that's not good. Um, so let me just get all that out of the way. Lots of gay panic. You know, you have Ian Summerholder, you know, hitting on uh, everyone and <laughs> James Vanderbeek and James Vanderbeek's like, oh, no. Well, who's the guy that beat him up at the beginning? Some just oh, some like the character's name is Mitch. I I'm wasn't like, familiar with the actor. Yeah, yeah was, just some like jock or something. Yeah. 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 So, you know, that goes through that. Um, it, if you get past the first 10 minutes, 
I think it is really, like you said, really underappreciated, underseen movie. Um, it's obviously, you know, Brady Snellis, it makes, you know, very, you know, edgy, edgy stuff. So this is very much that early 2000s edgy stuff that, you know, a lot of it doesn't fly today. Um, yeah, you, you notice in the background of a lot of the shots, it's a, it's a movie that's made up of a lot of moments. So a lot of the moments are, you know, the background shots of like, you know, what is this? You know, cabinet of Dr. Caligaro in the in the TV of all of these different rooms. You have uh, you know Nietzsche in the background, so it's very much like a very nihilistic movie, to be honest. Yeah. So um, upon rewatching, I was like, yeah, the first ten minutes is is really rough, but the rest of it, I think it you know it pretty much does hold up after you know fifteen twenty years. Because yeah, you said this is the first time you've revisited it in a while, right? Yeah. 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 Probably in the probably the first time in about fifteen years. Yeah. 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 So okay. you, yeah. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I was gonna go on, but go ahead. Um. So it's just like I said, the, the moments in this movie. We'll talk about. You know, I want you guys to mention some of your favorites, but it is, you know, just these moments of Fred Savage in this really dark room. You know, he in his in the cast list. I think it's he's called a junkie named Mark. And he's, you know, putting whatever heroin into his toe and he puts the cigarette butt in his in his belly button while he plays the clarinet. It's just these like weird little moments at this movie. I, I feel like this movie uh, gets elevated by, um, you know, Sean smiling while pooping. That's a weird thing. The doctor saying it's toe tag time in Teenville again. <laughs> when they're training. He's when they dead. Breathe. He's dead. He's not breathing. <laughs> I'm, no. I'm not dead. Ah, uh, uh, dragons. <laughs> so it is just this, uh, you know overall i wouldn't say this is a great movie maybe even not a good movie but it's just made up of these really interesting crazy moments that i think is is worth the while i think it's worth the watch mm-hmm. no for me i think it is worth uh uh worth being considered underrated because so so for me i just i watched american psycho for the first time a year ago um exactly almost a year ago on for my podcast um of the view never seen um and that was Derek, and uh, that was alan's pick and one of alan's favorites and just going from that and to this one you could definitely see and understand and like take more appreciation for this movie because the bateman brothers are essentially like he, uh, Sean Bateman is essentially what he could like he could become Patrick Bateman and this is probably one of the reasons why he could become Patrick Bateman like like in American American Psycho you get that sense of like like Patrick at one point he had to like care because he's just so so sensitive it's weirdly it towards the end and stuff like that and you have he has this weird sensitivity and then so coming to this one and seeing Sean Bateman you're like yeah, you could see that they're brothers, you know, you could see like this twisted, um, n- you know, nihilisticness and, and self-absorption and stuff like that. But I think he's a lot bit better than, than, than Patrick Bateman, um, because I think he does actually care, but he he's not a murderer. He's not a serial killer. He's not a murderer yet. <laughs> and, well, yeah, Patrick yeah, Bateman, that's, exactly. that's to be discussed who he is actually that's- a murderer. But, yeah. um, actually, put a little bit more of information on that because I'm, I'm a Brett Easton Hillis like, fan of his books. Mm-hmm. I'll give you guys a little clues on that. Yeah, too, I'm, I'm curious. I want. I was excited to hear what you have to say about it, Alan. Being a big fan, but but yeah. So like, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I just going through it. I'm like, this is exactly rewatching in like rewatching um American Psycho. Just the insanity of it. The freaking talk 
in the diner and that and the guy that would go later go on to play sunshine in um in remember the titans um he that was like that's just straight out of like a club scene or or you know them at a bar in in american psycho like just him and and his other you know his power broker friends and stuff like that and like that one character kind of reminded me of um one of the characters in American Psycho, one of his friends of just like uh, I, he's the one that that they snort up cocaine in in the in the bathroom or something. But but yeah, and, and definitely like I I liked it seeing that kind of like different side of of the coin of these of these two characters. Whether you know it is supposed to be kind of canonically like he mentions P- Patrick thinking that Paul is Patrick when he calls on the on the payphone and and stuff like that and then he's like my brother wired the money and and stuff and um there there is a deleted scene where patrick bateman does appear oh Oh, i thought i thought he wasn't but it's not christian bale it's not it's it's casper it's a casper von veen the guy from uh uh starship troopers oh yeah gosh that's not right it's it's weird it's (laughs) a little weird no you can't replace you know um christian bale no no, he's yeah, just kind of doing a Christian Bale impression. It's like Johnny Rico, yeah. what are you doing? Okay. Yeah, um, but essentially, yeah, I think this is like kind of um, I could see where where it could go unappreciated. I think that actually the first ten minutes reminded me. I haven't seen the movie. That's another one that I need to do on my podcast of um, Requiem for a Dream. But there's similarities to to. Um, um what's her name's lauren's experience and then this another scene in in um whether whichever one came first um it, for this one or requiem. requiem is a tough watch i'm gonna tell you that much yeah <laughs> a, oh i know i know yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know it's not a date movie but yeah like so there's kind of like, like um elements of that kind of era i i really would like to know which one came first because they were very much in the same vein I think, yeah, Requiem came first, because this is 2002, and Requiem, I know it's late 90s, I want to say 98, 99, something like that. Might be 2000. Yeah. Maybe 2000. So, so definitely you get kind of vibes of that, um, you know, with the drug use, and and then with that, that scene, and and stuff, and and it took me a second to to realize, oh, okay, they're going backwards, like, completely, like, the whole year, like, at the beginning of the year, essentially, um, or the school year, and... And yeah, like it, it was definitely a very entertaining watch. Like just crazy shit happens, and that's why I kind of like fell in love with um, American Psycho because you're like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. Um, one of the one of the scenes that I just really got a kick out of is like after you know after he finds you know he he bangs Lauren's girlfriend. Lauren like walks in on or I mean um roommate and like like he she walks in on him and then he's like trying to he first ends up in like a tent that's essentially like a tent that you that a kid would go and hide in you know he's like just there like moping and then he like comes out of the tent and then he tries to like you know hang himself that doesn't work out and then like tries to you know kill himself on on cold pill you know cold medication or no tries to slice his wrists and just just the insanity and the absurdity of and and you know definitely the marab of that scene definitely reminded me of like the same vein of of um american psycho so just for it being like that that kind of um 
follow-up, like even if it is just in essence a follow-up, uh, made me appreciate the movie a lot more. Yeah, nice. It's, it's I did appreciate it a lot. Um, you know, I thought it was really interesting cinematography, like the way they would kind of like have you know either like backwards and forwards stuff like scenes would kind of replay backwards and then you'd see how they got there or like you know that one scene where it was like side by side you see shannon sossman and james vanderbeek and they're just kind of like walking towards each other and you kind of see them meet up in the middle and then it finally you know uh like after they have that whole conversation you're just watching them from both of, i was it's almost like this is almost like a meet cute but in a very fucking dark yeah. movie and then yeah. it like kind of and then it goes to that wide shot i forget exactly what it was but there was like something between them and it's just like oh this is where you come together or something like that i was like oh it's clever and then you know the credits yeah. run backwards and it's kind of just playing with your perception and then the last scene is kind of implies that like oh maybe the beginning that we saw didn't actually happen that way it was completely different like all these characters experiences were you know something like different and to know alan you'll get more into it i'm sure but like you know the way brett easton ellis kind of plays with like you're not really sure what is going on and what's real and what's not but yeah i really dug it i think james vanderbeek is just like he's one of my favorite like actors who's just kind of He's kind of, you know, broke out for being a team heartthrob, but he kind of, like, thinks that's ridiculous, and, like, he makes fun of himself. Like, he did all those... He, when he became a meme, he's like, here's some more faces for you, and he did all these other reaction gifs, mm -hmm. and he was on Don't Trust the Be in Apartment 23, just playing a ridiculous version of himself, and I, I love that. But, yeah, it was, it's, you know, like you said, the first... It kind of starts with, like, oh, shit. Like, it starts with, like, a date rape, and you're like, oh, my God, like, this movie, and, you know, all that stuff that's going on in the beginning. You're like, this is... And it's a movie that I'm like, this is a good movie, but I feel like I understand why you hadn't seen it in 15 years. Because this is like one of those movies I'm like, I'm not going to go back to the well for this one for a while. Like, it's a movie yeah. you like enjoy and you're like watching. Like, I took something from this, but like, it's like Grave of the Fireflies where it's like, I love Grave of the Fireflies, one of my favorite movies. I'm yep. never going to watch that movie again in my entire life. And so I kind of got the same vibes here. But yeah, I just, I generally did really enjoy it. Um, You know, there's some like trigger warning stuff, you know, like, you know rape and suicide and i thought it was interesting how they kind of played off like james vanderbeek's kind of just like like you know his like suicide that was just not really he was just kind of seemed like not even like taking it that seriously versus like a very like actual you know like traumatic one where you know you have the girl who doesn't even have a name and nobody even kind of realizes like what happened to her she's been the one writing james vanderbeek these letters and it's like really tragic like you know story about depression going on with her that's and you see, like, kind of all the, like you had mentioned, all the things happening in the background, all the, the storyline that's been playing out, and we didn't even notice. Um, yeah. So it does touch on a lot of these big issues um, in a very interesting way that I think is at times really hard to watch. Um, and it, it plays with, like, the tropes of a romantic comedy in, like, the way, same ways that, like, American Psycho plays with the tropes of, like, kind of a success story. It's like, this is that kind of story, but really fucked up and dark and twisted. And yeah. I know, and I know that you said some stuff about like, like the gay panic stuff, and I, I kind of get that, but I feel like, especially for like a bi character at the time, like he mm. was a pretty like Ian Somerhalter's representation was pretty solid. Like a lot mm. of characters, you know, you look at like you know Philip Seymour Hoffman in Boogie Nights, which came out around the same time, and he's kind of like even though it's Philip Seymour Hoffman, he's great. It's kind of a character of a gay person. And even yeah. shows like Will and Grace at the time, like whenever a bi person would come up, they would be like, they would just dismiss their sexuality. They'd be like, bi, don't, people don't exist. You're just gay in denial. And like, that's a show that's, you know, supposedly like very forward thinking. Um, mm. But like for a movie that's 2002 to just be like, yeah, he's bi. And like everyone just kind of accepts that. I thought that was pretty ahead of its time. And I think a lot of things 
like that were it was ahead of its time in some ways not not in every way you know i don't feel like the beginning not ahead of its time but there i do think that that's why it's kind of developed this cult following over the years is because you know stuff like that and kind of like people can look back on it with this appreciation um because it you know did kind of it was forward thinking in some ways like that um but yeah uh, alan I want to hear what you got to say, the Brett, our Brett Easton Ellis scholar over here, because I know that he did say this was like the best adaptation of one of his works. So, yeah, I actually read about that as well. I, this was the one book I haven't read yet, um, because I won't lie, Brett Easton Ellis does have a type of like prose where it's it's kind of sad to say, but when the first ten minutes, I know you guys were like, "Oh my god!" Like it's kind of intense for me. I was like. Yeah, that's Brady Sinellis. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I just yeah. kind of, like, fell into it. And I was like, because I've read uh, American Psycho, obviously, um, Glamorama, Lunar Park. Um, I think Less Than Zero, but it's been a while. But the, And it's kind of funny, though, because, like, as a fan, like, you kind of see all the little Easter eggs here and there. They're not, like, like, you know, the Marvel movies and stuff. But even, like, his style, you can see it all over the place. Like, you know, hedonism, just, like, graphic sex, graphic violence just drugs alcohol all that stuff like smoking and like but what i what i what what you guys were saying though about like being ahead of its time as i do agree with that because this all his books kind of like his big bangers came out in like the late 80s early 90s so like i think rules of attraction came out maybe like five six years prior so he was already kind of like writing all these kinds of like ideas of like because i think even he himself was very like in the closet kind of like oh you know i'm I'm kind of just my own thing i'm not straight i'm not gay but like i think over time like he himself kind of came out and was like yeah i am a gay man and now he even kind of like plays with it like i follow him on his twitter and i even listened to his podcast a little a uh, couple years ago but yeah like you, you if, if you've seen american psycho you can see like the the differences between sean bateman and patrick bateman and it's so funny because like Sean Bateman actually does make a cameo in the in the American Psycho novel. Like they actually talk and you get to see them together and interact and they're vastly different, even though they're similar in a lot of ways of just them like partying and not giving a shit. And they're kind of just trying to figure themselves out, even though Patrick's a serial killer kind of thing. And I think uh, oh, another cool little fact too was uh Victor. I know n- nobody's really touched upon him, but like he was uh Lauren's like boyfriend i i got the feeling that they weren't together because he just seemed like he never gave a shit about her from the start when you see that scene of him going like i'm so sorry but like i really don't know who the fuck you are kind of thing i got the vibe that they went on like three dates or something you know Mm -hmm. i got i actually got the vibe that like maybe they kissed and she thought oh we're dating yeah Yeah. because it was just like it, it just seemed so like out of nowhere but i was like eh, yeah it, it, it sounds like it mm-hmm. yeah and you could believe that because she's such a, like an innocent character you know that's interesting i never caught oh, yeah. that before. i've seen this movie a few times it never never occurred to me that maybe that wasn't a relationship that was real mm-hmm. <laughs> that actually she was just more attached to him and he was just you know they maybe had sex a few, a few times and he was like yeah i don't you're just one of a, of a few <laughs> sorry yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah no she was a virgin but uh no yeah i definitely got that sense of just like her her like most likely they went on a date or he they kissed or something the day before he went to europe you know Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and she'll he says i'll see i'll see you when i get back or something like that you know Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. but alan get back 
what, what you're saying. Oh yeah, but but no, like the beauty about like Bredis and Ulysses' style is that like it, it's you have to keep reading or, or keep watching because you start noticing little things here and there. Where like one of the biggest things I've noticed with him and his novels is that he likes to do like stories where like there's really no beginning and or end. Like it just you're just kind of in the middle of it, just like this. Like it's just a bunch of people going to school kind of thing going you know trying to figure themselves out and date but there's also this thing of like massive lack of communication like like there was times where it just seemed like like um sean and lauren like like at one point it seemed like they were in a relationship and she's like it's over and i was like when the fuck did it start (laughs) like you guys all of a sudden liked each other and then now it's like it's over you're done like you slept with uh jessica beale and stuff and I was like, well, if anybody's actually communicating, it's Jessica Beale. Like everyone's like, like Paul's trying to get Sean's attention, but he's kind of just like being very coy and not being like straightforward. And like Sean's like oblivious up until the end of the movie, uh, where he goes, "Yeah, I'm not going to be with you," and he says the same thing that Lauren tells him. Like, there's always this thing of like lack of communication and kind of almost like people believe something's happening when it's not. Like with Lauren thinking that. Victor is her 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 boyfriend. Like she's gonna get back with her boyfriend, even though it's like, well, we never really saw that. And like Sean's like, oh, I can't believe we're over. And it's like, well, nothing really happened. You kind of fucked up. You're on your own. But the same thing with like American Cycle, where people are kind of getting each other confused. Or they're like, oh yeah, yeah, I went out to I went out with uh, Paul Allen the other day uh, to Dorcia's or whatever. And then they're like, what? I, oh yeah, yeah. I think I yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think I went out with him. And it's like that's how Patrick was able to get around and like people but even then you're still unsure like there's always that unsureness with uh Brady Sunil's stuff and even the Victor character himself he's all he has actually has his own book as well Emma and it's almost very similar themes where like I think it's after Rules of Attraction like after his college years and it becomes like a minor celebrity model and sudden like he's getting followed around by like a camera crew and they're just random and you're just kind of like where the fuck did they come from what's going on and then there's this whole thing of like it's very like zoolander-ish where i don't know if you guys ever heard about the glamorama zoolander thing where it's like models are becoming super or super uh, secret agents kind of thing where they're like sleeper agents and then it's again it's that whole thing like wait am i a secret agent like where did this come from I, I i don't know like that's I feel like that's Brady Sinulis' thing of just trying to be like like trying to even confuse the viewer and kind of makes you want to rewatch it or reread to be like, holy shit, that's actually not even real. That's not even happening, or this isn't happening, or this is like I think that's always the fun about um especially with this one as well, because I was just sitting there going, What? Like, wait, what the fuck? What what? And then I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I had to rewind it a couple of times to backtrack and be like, oh, all right now i'm kind of getting into the mind of like story and stuff but it's i i recommend it i think it's a great watch um especially if you're a brett easton Ellis fan but i will say the one scene i did not like and it was unbearable to watch was the scene with dick i knew oh, you were shit. Gonna that. i <laughs> thought that was the most that. like it <laughs> I thought, my god like, no was i was just scene. like dude just I leave see. the table like stop <laughs> It, that reminded me of my brother just like drunk on a cruise. I was just like, this is a little <laughs> too real. Like I felt pulled. I was like, this is that was the only time I was like, this is something from my real life that I've experienced. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe I was like, fuck. Maybe I've been that guy. 
<laughs> drink at the table and I'm acting a fool. So I was like, maybe I relate to this a little too much. <laughs> I thought that that was like, it, it gave me a senses of like, the like if Patrick Bateman like got unhinged and like stuff like like him just fucking yell like I could see that that dick character also running down the hallway with a chainsaw wearing tidy whities and and white Nikes you know yeah <laughs> you know but oh, I like that scene because and like the I because it's just so kind of like out of nowhere and I feel like they do that a lot in the movie where it's just like here's just something going on and you're like what does this have to do with anything and it just kind of like messes with your perception as an audience member which is what i think the kind of the whole point of this movie is to just give you all these different angles and make you question like what you see and have weird yeah. endings and and that kind of ties into i think one of the major themes of the film which is just like you can never really know another human or understand them like that's kind of like where the movie ends and it's like they you know it has the two main characters kind of saying that to each other and that's something you know you hear people all the time saying like oh i live with this person that i didn't even know them or like you know somebody like you know, it was like, oh, like they they left me for this person, and I I don't understand. Like I this is like oh, this is a different person. You can never really one hundred percent know people, and people like see someone they get attracted to. You know, like the title, the rules of attraction, and you know you kind of project what you want to see onto these people. Like everybody's kind of projecting onto James Vanderbeek. You know, like this you know classic good old American boy when he's kind of like a sociopath in the same way that you know the way he kind of projects on the shining saucerman is just kind of this like pure virginal character and he's like it's interesting how conflicted he is because he's like oh yeah like i'm attracted to her because she's just like this pure virgin but he also like wants to have sex with her which would kind of like destroy this illusion that he's built up in his mind and just like the way that she kind of perceives him and the way she definitely perceives victor is definitely just like all in her mind like she's like oh yeah victor if it was if i was with victor right now like i was losing my virginity it would be so different and tender and stuff like that and in reality he's off like in europe just like taking drugs and getting venereal diseases and like just doing all this horrible stuff so i think that was something that was just like a through line of the whole movie it's like yeah you don't really like no matter what like as much as you like know another person and i'm like not trying to like be cynical or anything here um more than the movie is because i think the movie that is kind of the underlying message of the movie is like you you like you can never be in somebody else's head you can never like understand what they're feeling and what their thoughts are and you know you kind of do that's why people all the time talk about like are you in love with them or are you in love with like the idea of them and i think that this movie does a really good job of just kind of like putting you in that mindset because you switch back and forth between the perspectives of the different characters um and just kind of like see how they see each other and you see that the reality is polar opposite of that in so many cases yeah, to that point, there was so many throw throwaway lines in this movie. Um, when Jessica Biel or uh, Jessica Biel and Jane Vanderbeek are having sex, and they finish, and she rolls over and very quietly says, "I was born in a Holiday Inn." I was just like, Holy "Yeah, shit. yeah." A- I was like, uh, "I was waiting for her to continue." I was like, yeah. "Oh, that's it. Oh, okay." <laughs> so that really speaks to the you know you really don't know people that well, or you can't really know anyone completely um, in life, and then. So many great lines uh, in this movie where uh, Sean, Sean says to Lauren, since when does fucking someone else mean I'm not faithful to you? <laughs> like, or like, I only had sex with her because I'm in love with you. Like, that's yeah. such a, like, insane, stupid, brilliant line. Like, until yeah. it's just like, okay. Yes, yes, yes. I want to get back to the um, the Richard and, and Paul scene. Mm. Like, 
that whole you know that he's drunk at the at the table and you have Faye Dunaway and Swizzy Kurtz at the at the table and again all these uh, throwaway lines are just like <laughs> Faye Dunaway says them like you know you want some and she's like what are they does it matter <laughs> like um, and then just the um, again Victor that Victor scene that what did you guys think of the Victor montage this is one of my favorite scenes in just a movie in general of just flying through Europe. He, I think the director talked about this, where he, he sent Kip Hardu through Europe, following him with a camera, and Kip like stayed in character throughout the entire trip throughout Europe. They went to uh, 12 cities, and they filmed it on a Sony PD-150. And he told Kip, quote, I would have 24-7 access, no matter how intimate the, the situation. With no script, the looses of plans, I tracked Victor as he partied across Europe in the shell-shocked weeks following 9-11. That was the thing, too. This movie was, like, shot, like, the, the week of 9-11, and, like, James, James Vanderbeek was was um, trapped in L.A., I think. And he goes, uh, we would oh, be crap. raving with Paul Unfold one day in Dublin, and then at a Ford model party in Paris the next. Five minutes into a conversation with, say, an heiress or a model, I would stop shooting, explain who we were, that Victor was actually the actor Kip Perdue, and that we were shooting a scene for my latest film. The only other crew member, uh, Kenny Moore winning producer uh, Greg Shapiro, would then step forward and get them to sign a waiver, and Victor would proceed. So it was just this crazy, manic, like, two-week you know, excursion through Europe, didn't really know what they would get. And this was actually made into, the, I think you, you mentioned Glitterati, that's a movie that um, that he made, he would go on to make later, like a little short film, I think, of all the, of all the. Oh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what he made from that. So yeah, that was a, that was an incredible scene. And then, you know, just going back to the thing of this movie, again, you're, you're right, Derek, that is a major theme of the movie is like, you don't know anybody. And I do love it for that. But also I love it for just the little, little moments of just <laughs> going back to the, the quotes of like, you know, he's not ODing. Freshmen don't OD. <laughs> just all these little moments I love catching in the background. And so I don't know if you guys have seen this movie before, but did you like see the girl that was, you know, attracted to, to Sean throughout it and did like, you have to go back and be like, oh, she was there. I never saw her there. Did you guys catch that throughout the movie I, or no? Can, can I just I saw it from the beginning, that, that beginning oh, okay. part where he dumps the tray. And stuff yeah. Like that. And then, yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, like, uh, and the only reason I knew it was her, because, like, I was watching it on Amazon and I kind of, like, paused it at that time when she's, like, you know, killing herself and then her, cap, you know, on Amazon, if you watch it on, on, your, on a tablet or something. Uh, it like says the characters' names, whoever's in the scene, and it said like you know, girl, um, lunch. I think it's like lunch lady girl or lunch. Yeah. Um, or yeah, and I was like, oh, oh, okay. But um, yeah, I think like yeah, I wouldn't uh, that and then going them going back and stuff like that. Of um, I I wouldn't be surprised if yeah, if I when I rewatch it eventually that that I could, I'll see her like in the background and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I saw like them like they're like okay, they show you all the scenes, and you're like, I didn't even notice that, but like I'm like I think she was in there, like I'm like like it feels like oh like deja vu, like oh that was she was there, like oh man, and like I haven't gone back and rewatched it, but since then, but like I'm like okay, yeah, that's and it's just like one of those things where it's like right there in front of you and you don't even notice it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a perfect example right there. Like she was right there, and Sean didn't notice her as well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But um, I love the the Victor scene, the the like the hopping around Europe. I love it because like, I was like, wait, is this the same Victor from Glamorama? I think it's very similar. And then I kind of looked it up, and it was him. I guess, uh, Elis just changed the last name 
later mm-hmm. on because I guess when he becomes a celebrity, he's like, I'm Victor Ward now, not Victor Johnson or something. But mm-hmm. total prequel. But if anything, it kind of felt like it would have fit that world as well because with Victor's character in Glamorama, like halfway through the novel, this just team shows up and just starts following him. And you're just like, who the fuck are these guys? So it kind of fit in that sense of like precursor to the Glamorama book as well. So I, I just dug it, and then I, I read up on that too, like what you said that they were, you know, trekking around Europe, and I was like, damn, I kind of wish I could see the behind the scenes of that scene as well. Just like, yeah, did he really go ham? Did he go party with everybody? <laughs> did he like sleep with random people? Did he get mono? But that 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 part cracked up. He's like, I think this girl gave me mono. But anyways, <laughs> I wrote a Ferrari. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no, no, yeah, that that scene was just insane, and, and like like. Um, a lot of, you know, like with American Cycle and this, it's just like, there's so many like different, like, okay, now we're doing this kind of thing with it. And I, I, I was like, in, you know, in, and then in the middle of it, I'm like, did they actually go through Europe? Like, <laughs> like, really? And stuff like that? Because, yeah, it, I mean, it's definitely like they filmed it and stuff. But, but it's nice to say, like, I, I would have believed like, oh, yeah, he went, you know, full ham with it but it's nice to hear at least that they like stopped like whoever they met said hey we're doing this thing he's going to be in character do you want to play along and it wasn't like you know like kind of like a a twisted borat kind of situation (laughs) but but yeah 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 because yeah, i was when i was watching i was like paul oakenfield because i'm like a you know a fan of his so i was just like yeah. i was like is that i was like did they just run into him when they were shooters i was like curious about that so that was really interesting but what i think that scene does really well is like it's so like like it's just so much happening it's like so just over the top and then it just keeps going and going and going like for like five straight minutes it felt like i don't even know how long it was but like you start to get numb to it but like it's just all these ridiculous things keep happening and you're just kind of like oh that the way you just kind of like be like this is just his life and you just kind of like start accepting it and just like yeah and then you did what now and what now it's like all these ridiculous things keep building up but it's just been happening for so long that you're just like all right whatever and it's weird that he could just like just to make make you that affected by it in such a short amount of time because it's just so rapid fire because i've seen other movies that do similar things but not for that amount of time where you just like start to even tune out by the end of it yeah, yeah. It's just like you know, I shit, I shit my pants, went back, jerked off, you know, had sex with this woman, uh, got a drink at the Guinness factory. It's so good, it made my, it made my dick hard. It was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, one guy we haven't talked about was Clifton Collins, the drug dealer. Every scene he was in, I was just oh, like, man, oh yeah. Now what's gonna happen now? The first scene where he's just like, hey man, I'm just gonna here pick up some stuff. And he's like, where's my money? And just the karate thing to his face. And he was saying how he couldn't get um, James Bagdaby to like actually look scared. So he had the, the whole karate thing was sort of improv. It, it just every scene with him was just like, what is going on? And just all again, all these little like characters in the background, like the, the Jamaican guy reading porn in the side and just <laughs> some woman sitting there just doing whatever. It's like, what is what? There's so much going on. I can't even keep up again. It's just these little touches in the background just really make this movie what it is. Yeah. And then with that, so for, for that actor, I, he's just such a chameleon. He's a very underrated chameleon. Yes. Uh, but so my, I, I just wanted to say, yeah, my first experience with him is in a very, very Mexican movie called the wonderful ice cream suit. I don't know Alf, if you know this, but yeah, but um, no, I never heard of it. it's a very like, um, East LA next to him. So I and he's very an innocent person in that movie. So so all these iterations, you know, of, of this, uh, he's played some other crazy 
batshit crazy characters. He was in freaking the first Star Trek when it mm. came back. He was like Neo's second, Nero's second in command. But like all these. Okay, yeah, like, I was like trying to figure out who he fucking was in that movie because like I saw him come up in the Eye of Venus. Like, who was he in Star Trek? And I'm like, now that you like say, okay, like he's just like Captain Nero. Just okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'll recognize him everywhere. In, yeah. But but yeah. yeah. And Pacific Rim is what I recognized him from because he's the Rim. the guy in the yeah. wheelchair or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like this his performance is just so out there and over the top and then like like he's like at the same t- like he's like at the same time like the classic like drug dealer but then he also like throws in lines of like um I I used to do this to men in the army and then like you know I would twist your yep. hand you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't um, if I twist your hand here, you wouldn't be able to hold your weapon and stuff like that. He's like, well, I'm not in the army, and that's why I'm not going to do it or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, I need I need you like an asshole on my elbow. <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of really good character actors in this film, I feel like. And a lot of, you know, kind of like, you know, teen stars, like us foreign child stars, when I was just like, fucking fred savage like i was like okay and then you know of course you know you have you know james vanderbeek who's very famous for being the wholesome dawson and you know have you know this kind of like starlet who people thought were gonna i guess she was gonna do big things but never really panned out shannon sauceman who we've we've talked about Mm -hmm. before on a knight's tale who yeah i had a big old crush on because you know uh that's kind of definitely like my type right there um always shows up in that freaking like hat like that type of hat that she wears in this movie Yeah. Always she always wears, wears that, that hat. Yep. Yeah. She always wears the jean skirt. Yeah. Jean skirt. Mm-hmm. I swear, every every film she's in, she has to wear it. Even mm-hmm. when it's medieval, like in. in yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was looking for it in a Knight's Tale. I was like, it's there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> you had um, Thomas Ian Nicholas from American Pie, mm-hmm. um, Kate Bosworth from Superman Returns, and the classic Twenty One. And then, of course, you know, oh, Ian Somerhalter, yeah. who, would, who would go on to be on, you know, yeah. my favorite show, Lost, and then eventually The Vampire Diaries, where he really got famous for that role. Yeah. Yep. But this yeah. Is, it was like, it's weird because he's like baby. He's like, I was like, oh, little wee, little wee Ian Somerhalter. He was so young <laughs> in this. Yeah, I was like, he does not age. Like, yeah. Like, no. if, he's got I that Paul Rudd thing. Vampire Diaries, like, yeah, yeah like, like, almost like half a, a decade after this. Like, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like a vampire. He is a vampire. Oh shit! Yeah. Wow. I think he, he sure. has the vibes of like a, a second, like Keanu Reeves in that that kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So just one more thing, I had like a little factoid. The part where um where Lauren goes to see Victor at the door, and uh, Kit Perdue is like, uh, when they come to the door, he Jessica Biel was brushing her teeth, and I asked her to give me a little bit of her spit. He said. He also points out that uh, when he can't see it, he's actually not wearing pants in the scene per Shan Sausman's request. To quote, I was kind of into it. So <laughs> there's that. Yep. Random. What? Sorry, Random. what scene? Uh, when when uh, Lauren goes to meet Victor when he comes back and he's he's like, I don't know who you are. Sorry. And there's a woman okay. in the backseat. Yeah, so he was, um, what's her name? Jessica Biel was brushing her teeth and uh, Kip asked her to give him some of the toothpaste. That's what is, that's what's on his mouth. If you notice, there's like some weird stuff in his mouth. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so all right. It makes a lot of sense. All right. Yeah. 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 
Well, any any other final I thoughts, it was guys? Like drugs or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah that's not what I was thinking. I thought it was coke. No, yeah. for a second, I was like, "Is that toothpaste? Like, is he?" <laughs> it was like, yeah. yeah, or like, yeah, or something more bodily. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> like, yep, <laughs> some bodily fluids. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Any any final thoughts, guys? Before we uh, wrap up on this movie, this this backwards crate trippy. Yeah. <laughs> no, d- definitely. If you are a fan of American Psycho, definitely watch this movie. I mean, you definitely get the vibes of like why these two characters are related. Um, but also, like, yeah, like a different, uh, yeah, different kind of type of of a Bateman, and yeah. um, yeah, very, very much that way. And um, and yeah, if you just want an insane, like, trippy movie, also. I recommend it for that reason. Yeah, I was going to ask, did you guys, anybody else watch the deleted scene um, with Patrick Bateman in it? No. no. I'm not going to watch oh. it. Like, no, because Christian Bale weird. is Patrick Bateman. Like, <laughs> it's, cannot... it's, yeah. it's interesting because it's just like, you know, it's like when you see like Tom Holland as Spider-Man, or not Tom Holland, like, um, what's his name? Um, not Tobey Maguire, the, the other guy. Um, Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield is just like this isn't quite right, you know. Like no offense to Andrew Garfield, but I'm like, no, you're not Spider Man, you know. And it's just kind of like the same way. It's like, oh yeah, like Casper Don Vian, you're not, you're not Patrick Bateman, but it's interesting to see like you know, bait like you know Patrick Bateman in this world because he's he's still like it cuts to him and you go to his internal monologue and he's just like, I thought like he's like think he's like I thought of murdering somebody and then I put on my skin cream. It's like oh yeah, it's like the same Patrick Bateman and he's just like. He talks to the receptionist and he's like, "Bring me a, like an Aquafina or something." And he, they kind of there's that back and forth. So I was like, "I get why you cut this out," but it was kind of like a nice little extra to kind of like tie it into American Psycho, even though I know they're not the same continuity. But I was like, it, it was kind of just like a like okay, this is an interesting like little artifact. Um, but yeah, no. But can I can I give appreciation to um, James Vanderbeek very much nailing like the the Patrick Bateman like stare. And face like when he gets intense yep. and when he thinks about yeah. like murder. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, I definitely dug that a lot too. Like I, I was like, you know what? I I really really wished Christian Bell was able to come back just to do a quick little snippet. Yeah, he didn't want Patrick to. Bateman because it would have been awesome. I yeah. would have loved it. Yeah, because they, they, they really. Now. I feel like they would have been really well. Yeah. 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 Yeah, probably nowadays he would have been like, oh, I should have done it. But, like, I mean, if yeah. you do want more Patrick Bateman, I, I would suggest, you know, reading the books. Because he kind of jumps around. Like, he's kind of, he has his little cameos. Like, he also does sh- show up in Glamorama at, at, like, a at like a big Hollywood party. And he has, like, a, like a barbecue. Well, it looks like barbecue sauce stain on his suit. And someone goes, hey, man, like, you got, like, food on your, like, a stain on your suit. And he's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever you say. <laughs> and like he shows up in in a uh, uh, rules of attraction and even lunar park like he kind of jumps around so he's kind of like the little connection between Brady Ellis's little universe kind of thing and i i love stuff like that you know like how you know if you watch you know like i was kind of talking you know a while ago with ariel about this how you watch like um i robot and then you watch like bicentennial man which are both based on isaac Asimov stuff like even though the movie have nothing to do with each other they'll both be like Oh, like the three laws of robotics, and that's something that kind of is like a through line through all of you know the robot works that you know uh, As- Asimov wrote, and so it's nice that when you kind of have that like little connection um, there. But but uh, yeah, I I think I would um, recommend this movie to anyone who is 
an actual film fan. Um, if you're not like a big cinephile like we are, I don't think you'll enjoy this. I think yeah. that it is kind of requiring you to like kind of know like the tropes and the stuff how cinema works to kind of like appreciate it. Otherwise, it's just gonna be like, what is this? But if you are a fan of cinema, definitely check this out. Um, I would say. I think if you want a crazy ride, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, completely agree that it's for cinema cinephiles like us. Um, yeah, it's just like I kept saying, it's about those moments. I think it it those moments make the movie what it is. Um, I don't think anybody anybody mentioned Eric Stoltz was in this movie as just a pervy. A professor. I knew, dude. I was like, I've seen that guy, and I couldn't figure it out. And then I was kind of like, Oh, she's just gonna blow him. Okay. And then I was oh, like, that's okay. Yep, that's him. I that's I him. only recognize the back of his head <laughs> in the wide shots. Yeah, and she's in that room. Like he she goes to his class and starts smoking his weed with like a little forceps or whatever. Just these weird little little moments in these little in these scenes make this movie so great. So yeah, I would I would actually you know agree with all of you. That, you know, I would you know recommend it for that overarching theme of you don't really know anybody and everybody's just fucking thinking about themselves and thinking about getting laid sometimes and doing drugs or whatever. Not everyone's like that, but you know, a lot of times you just got to realize that people are just <laughs> probably not thinking about you as much as you think they are. I think that's a really uh, great uh, thing to take away from this movie. Um, yeah. Great cast, great scenes. I would recommend anyone just watch that Victor scene, the Victor montage, one of my favorite moments in that movie. So yeah, I love this, love this movie. And glad you, glad you, I'm glad <laughs> you guys liked it too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you for introducing it to us, because yeah. yeah, I had a really good time with it. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, before we wrap up, uh, Damien, you want to mention uh, your show and plug your stuff and what you're doing? Yeah. So do a general, um, you know, what we've been watching. It's called Can I Say Something. It's on all of the where you get your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all of that stuff. Um, we do a weekly. Um, you're going to be on it this week. We're going to talk about the best stuff that we've seen this year so far. Um, and then I believe the turtle stack, my, my uh, appearance on the turtle stack hasn't been uh, put up yet, but I did a little, um, like I told you a couple weeks ago, little, you know, love to the MCU, which was a podcast about everything, you know, what, what are you passionate about? Come on and talk about, you know, for 20, 30 minutes, tell us what you're passionate about. And of course, I went off for 20, 30 minutes on the MCU <laughs> and all that good stuff. So check out the, the turtle stack. Uh, it should be out in a couple weeks. Yeah, it should, it should be out by the time, because we're recording this a bit ahead of time, because we're in the middle yeah. of our sequel series so yeah by the time this comes out those should all be up yeah, definitely definitely absolutely yeah. but yeah thank you everybody out there for listening you know go ahead and listen to damien and then uh go ahead and you know if you liked this episode go ahead and you know subscribe to us here you know like uh we have a new episode on a different underrated film every other week so um you know uh, subscribe to us and then ariel also has her show um which is called you've never seen which we kind of mentioned at the top um that's going to be talking about yeah. Yeah, if you want to introduce it, Ariel. If you, if, you want to, if you want to, if you like Rules of Attraction, go back and, and listen to the American Psycho episode of um, You've Never Seen. It, it was our first one, so it might be a little choppy compared to our, <laughs> our newer episodes. But but yeah, definitely definitely uh, get our um, at least my hype of, of how, how much I enjoyed that movie also. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. But yeah, um, you know, and then if you guys want to, you have any suggestions for any underrated movies you want to see us co um, cover, you can, you know, follow us and let us know on Instagram. Our Instagram is Undercast Company, you know, and then under or email us at Undercast Company 
at gmail.com or you know follow us on facebook all the socials you know um yeah hit us up let us know what you want to see um but yeah we have been the undercast company with our guest damien so um thank you out there everybody and i'll see you in another life thanks for being amazing